This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. I found my thrill. That's Domino right here on Deep South Dining, Blueberry Hill. Well, good morning. It's Monday, and you know what that means right here on MPB Think Radio. It's 9 a.m., and it's Monday, and it's Deep South Dining with Carol Puckett and Malcolm White. We are so happy to be here. Java Chapman on the board. Good morning, Java. So, Carol, what's been happening in your world? Oh, wait. What a stupid question. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to make an announcement this morning. Carol Puckett is engaged to be married to Ambassador John Palmer. Congratulations, Congratulations, Carol. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Not all of us are, you know, have a wedding in our future. Yeah, wedding in our future at, at Especially at this stage in life, but I mean, we've only been dating for, or whatever we do, for 11 years, and I know this is kind of soon. This is good. Yeah, but it just came out of literally the clear blue sky. Well, it's a beautiful thing, and all of us who know both of you are happy uh, for both of you and look forward to the union, as they say. Well, that uh, thank you very much. But um, last Sunday, we were outside, and John stumbled on something and hit his head, ended up hitting and his head that's why he on a tree. And, <laughs> and, said, oh, okay. and our friend Roy Campbell proposed a toast to the tree that finally <laughs> knocked some sense into his head. But anyway, Lordy, thank Lordy. you. Thank you. Thank you. And we will uh, gather and um, break bread upon that occasion, whenever that might be. So, uh, anything else stirred up in your kitchen uh, over the week? You said you've been kind of quiet at your house. Yeah, I've been basic. I was really basic and didn't have time for much creativity. Just had some delicious redfish Friday night that uh, I got at Dugan's and made just a simple redfish preparation well, I had redfish on Friday night as well. Now you that did. I think about it, I got it from Bravo. Oh, yours was pre-cooked. It, it was cooked by a professional. Oh, okay. other than my wife, Kara, okay. who is quite the cook. Now she's been very busy uh, this weekend. She made a chicken dish last night that was a sautéed uh, chicken breast, uh, panade, floured, and then cooked, and topped with a hash of, made of leeks. And fresh tomatoes from last summer's garden at the David and Melissa Patterson household. So it was garlic, leeks, tomatoes, and she just cooked up a whole pot of that. And we had that on top of the chicken. And then she roasted some cauliflower and some potatoes uh, in the oven with a lemon sort of tossed on it before it was roasted. It really delicious and fresh. There's some good eating going on at the White House. Absolutely. And also, as if that weren't enough, she made a giant pot of chicken chili, white chicken chili. No wonder you married that woman. And I'm not even finished. <laughs> and a pot of lentil soup. Well, there you go. So the, the, the refrigerator is, is stocked. 
Anything I could pick up on the front porch today? Perhaps. <laughs> Maybe I'm we gonna, can. I'm going to be needing it. Okay. But, um, Sounds like I could share here. Well, I've got a couple of things cooking. Okay. The first is a dish that Leanne Galt did on cooking and coping a couple of weeks ago. So if anybody wants to go back into cooking and coping and click on Leanne, you'll find it. It's chicken scarpariello. I'm going to call it. I'm going to say chicken scarparillo. Scarparillo. With sausage and peppers. And it was a cast iron cooked chicken dish that looked just divine. And it has these little wonderful little red things in it. So I started looking Mm. and said, what in the world are those things? And they're pepidou peppers. Pepidous. Pepidou peppers. So, of course, I went... From looking, <laughs> that would be Papadou peppers. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I went looking for Papadou peppers, thinking they were something you find in vinegar, like in the olives. Correct, section. like capers. Yeah, like that. I had to end up texting Leanne in the middle of her job on Friday to learn that the Papadou peppers are in the olive bar. Oh, so I want to okay. s- tell all our listeners who are going to run to make chicken scarparillo with pepidou peppers that you get them loose in the olive bar. But um, I will report on this dish You'll next report week. Out. Yeah, and then the other thing I'm making today that I've already kind of texted you about Correcto. is potato soup because I just saw some delicious potato soup on cooking and coping. And isn't this just the perfect week? Oh, this is soup weather right here. It is. And for some reason, I started thinking about your house and knowing there was probably some potato soup going on there. And I, I thought I remembered that Hal did it. But it's, you know, it seems so simple, but it's not the easiest soup to make. So I went into the recipe box and pulled out for you Kara's potato and leek soup, which is divine. But Hal also used to make a tr- terrific yeah. potato leek soup. But this is a simple recipe. We'll post it on the site. Uh, but, you know, we were – when she was chopping up leeks yesterday for this hash, we got into a conversation about how leeks are always full of sand and dirt. you know, you got to really clean them because when you pick them up in the grocery store, they look clean on the exterior. But when you start cutting into them, you'll notice that oftentimes there is a bit of sand or, or dirt up in, in the – Grit. Grit. Grit and the onion. So anyway. Well, and, and what you do is you take your leek and you slice it sideways, long slit. Yeah. Open it up. Mm-hmm. Put it under the running water in the kitchen and... Voila. Viola. No grit. <laughs> no grit. Grit be gone. Yes. And so I will be making potato soup. Uh, I, I'm going to actually roast... My leeks and potatoes. Uh-huh, before. Yep, I'm going to mm. put them on a sheet pan, uh, cut up potatoes, Yukon Golds, with some leeks, spread a little olive oil on it, and roast them before mm. processing them. Beautiful. So, uh, over the weekend, I also went to lunch, the first lunch ever, at the Highball Lanes in Fondren, which is the Capri... Tiki Bar, Highball, Bowling Alley, you know, development there. And this would be at the corner of Dooling and North State Street. Correct. 
in Jackson, Mississippi. And Robert St. John is overseeing the food and beverage operation there, and he's one of the partners. And we went in for lunch, <clears throat> had a great bowl of gumbo, had a real dark roux, had some gumbo crabs floating around in it. And I asked Robert about the gumbo, and he told me that his chef, who unfortunately I can't recall his name at the moment, but I did meet the young gentleman, is from New Orleans. So uh, I would recommend that. And I had the fish sandwich, the fish of the day, and it was black drum. So it was fine. So I would recommend. Well, did you bowl while you were waiting for your food? Believe it or not, I bowled uh, two frames. I guess they're called frames. I threw the bowling ball twice. The first time, it went into the gully. That's because we hadn't been bowling. It's been a minute. Yeah, it has. The second time, I knocked them all down but two, I think. (gasps) So. And that was all they wanted. They said, have a seat. And it was somebody else's. Oh, you can just walk up and no, bowl? it was no. a friend of mine out there. Okay. And he said, come over here and throw the ball a couple of times. So. Okay, well, this has nothing to do with food, but did you happen to see the picture of Robert St. John on Facebook like yesterday? Which one? He was celebrating his 39th his wedding anniversary. Wedding anniversary, and he got double married. Married at Main Street Methodist in Hattiesburg. And then the photograph was when they immediately flew to Las Vegas and got married by an Elvis impersonator. And Robert and his lovely wife, Jill, both had on red shirts. Robert had a lot of hair and a big old mustache. (laughs) He had something. He had a wild-looking mustache. Yeah, he did. Yes, I did see that. Congratulations to Robert and Jill St. John for how many years? 30 I think it was 30. A bunch. It was a bunch. It was a bunch. Um, you know, other big news is that Nick Wallace has a gig, another gig, on Top Chef. How about that? That guy just keeps on uh, knocking it out of the park. Yeah. And we, we need to get him back on the show. We, we really need to catch do, up. John. We need to catch up with Nick. Yeah. He's always up to something new. <clears throat> It's hard to tie that fella down, and, and, and you know, it's, it's, and you can and you can see why uh, with the Nissan Cafe at the two Mississippi museums, and now this Top Chef what Houston. Um, so he's always he's always doing something. We're gonna we're gonna get him back though. We're gonna get him on. Okay, well it looks like it premieres March third, so he must they must have already. Yeah, but just similar to the last time, I think he won on uh, Cutthroat Kitchen mm-hmm. or um, or one of those shows he was on because he's he's been on Food Network so much. Uh, he's probably been sworn to secrecy and uh, can't talk about it right. until you know until it happens on TV. <laughs> well, he so we'll certainly represents that. us well, and and you know, I was over at the museum in Meridian, the Max, not too long ago, and in the culinary exhibit they had. Nick Wallace's skillet is one of the artifacts. There you go. Yes, yeah, that, that means something. Oh no, it does. Yeah, he's he's in there, full spread, nice picture, and right. everything. Nick Wallace is the man. Yes, he is, and we'll have him back right here on Deep South Dining MPB Think Radio as soon as we can get a date with him. He's a busy guy. Well, we're going to take a break. It's what we do. Carol, are you comfortable? Yeah, with well, that? I'm very comfortable with that. When we come back, we have a new friend to Deep South Dining sitting in the studio right now as we speak, Chef Poe from Chef Poe's Urban Kitchen. Chef, we're looking forward to a conversation with you. We're glad you could join us this morning. 
Delta girl, raised in the, born in the Delta, raised in Jackson. Chef Poe. Yes. We'll talk to you in the next segment. So stay tuned. We'll all be right back. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. Welcome back to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Carol Puckett, Java Chapman, Chef Poe, Malcolm White. We're all here, and we would love to hear from you if... uh, you have a question or a comment, all you have to do, it's toll-free, folks, is pick up the phone and dial 1-877-672-7464 or shoot us an email to food at MPB online, and we will take a stab at answering your questions. We'd love to hear from you, what's going on in your kitchen as we approach Valentine's Day. And, Carol, I was so excited at the top of the show to talk about your upcoming nuptials. I forgot to talk about our Grand Marshal ship coming up oh, on February the 25th. 25th in Drew, Mississippi. In Drew, Mississippi, There's chef. so many, so right many events. <laughs> <laughs> and Java, you're in, right? Yeah, February 25th. So the three of us will be Grand Marshals of the... Crew of Drew. The Crew of Drew, Mardi Gras... Lawnmower parade. <laughs> I still Real think they're going to make make me push a lawnmower, and I, they'll let y'all ride. Bring your own lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> and Malcolm, you're talking about us asking questions. I'm hoping our listeners will give me some answers on the best ways to thicken potato soup while we're we're out oh, there. There's okay. so many different techniques and before I dive off into this. Okay. Well, we did talk earlier about potato soup. Uh, yeah. And we'll continue to talk yeah, about it. We will. Um, thick, we will but if you have tips on thickening, uh other well, flour of course is one and cornstarch would be another and you know, I guess you could always some put other- some okra in there. <laughs> I bet Chef Poe could make some good potato soup. All right, let's welcome Chef Poe to the show. Welcome. We are so glad you're here. You have Chef Poe's Urban Kitchen, where you do catering and you do special cooking, mostly in other people's homes. Uh, but you grew up in the Delta, uh, and now you, well, you grew up in the Delta, but you've lived in Jackson for a long time, right? Yes, I um Originally born in a little small town called Shaw, Mississippi. I'm not sure if everybody know what that little town is because, I mean, they just got a red light and a dollar store, so I guess it's official. <laughs> yes. There you go. But uh, we moved up here when I was about fourth grade, so I consider myself a Jacksonian. So um, I went to school up here, graduated from uh, Murrah High School. Class of all one, so woo. Any uh, Mustangs out Mustangs there that's listening? Murrah Mustang, <laughs> class of two. We got four. There we go. Murrah so Mustang, the Mustangs just took over uh, Deep South Dining. Oh, gosh. <laughs> there we go. 1400 Murrah I'm the only person in the studio that didn't graduate from Murrah. Well, go. hey. So, growing up in the Delta, uh, do you think the way that you cook or uh, or your style is in any way impacted from your growing up in the Delta? Uh, most definitely, because, I mean, Delta... Southern, I mean, my great-grandmother, she grew mostly all her foods and raised chickens, and uh, my grandmother was an excellent cook, but 
I feel like the Delta ha- is pretty much, I say the backbone, the the backbone of um, cuisine. Uh, soul food kind of originated, mm-hmm. I feel like, from the Delta because everything was grown there or they made it like, you know, they, they raised hogs, chickens or whatever. So everything was like fresh, uh, made and went straight to the kitchen. So you you call yourself a self-made cook with no formal training, but there was somebody back there teaching you all of this. So kind of give us your journey into the cooking world. Well, actually, honestly, I kind of ran from cooking. Even <laughs> though I grew up around it all the time, I watched my grandmother, great-grandmother uh, cook, and my mom in the kitchen. But I always say I don't want to be a cook. I don't want to be a chef or anything like that. So I always dabbed into other things, and I went to school at Jackson State and uh, got a business degree. But I always came back to cooking, like full circle. So I was like, God, this must be my path. This must be what I need to be doing because I have impacted so many lives doing uh, cooking. But I got my formal training. They didn't know it, but my grandmother and my mom and my great-grandmother was my teachers, my instructors on cooking. I don't think you could find any better than that. No. That's the... That's a great way that's, to learn. We, that's we, how we learn. have that in common. That's that's how we all cook. You were telling me that your mother actually started the catering business, and at one point she just handed it off to you. You never intended to, to be in catering. Yeah, she uh, she the one that uh, taught me how to do trays and put stuff together, how to make it look nice and everything. And I guess she was like, ooh, this is a lot of work. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else take the wheel to this. So I, I kind of like eased it from her uh, business and and she just eased it on to me, and I just kept it going. Okay. So you do party trays to go? I mean, can you call you up and say a uh, fruit and vegetable tray or uh, cocktail party trays? How does that work? Yes, I uh, I do. Uh, gra- I say grab-and-go situations, but uh, I do trays. If you don't you don't want to set it up yourself, and you can get the tray uh, ordered in advance, and you can pick it up. Or you, if you want me to come there and set it up, I can do that as well. But I do have a to-go situation if you don't need the whole full, like, catering uh, mm. thing uh-huh. for your party. All right. Well, let's let's break it down. What's in the bag, Chef? There is a giant paper sack over here that you brought in. Let's, let's, yes, let's rustle I, in there I and see what's I actually brought y'all some food so y'all can taste. I'm a, <laughs> Like you said, I'm a Delta Southern girl, so I thought it was fitting. To bring some kind of soul food in here Ooh. at nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and well, you, we're always ready. Yeah. Oh, yeah, tell us what's in the bag. So I have um, collard greens. Oh. I have my mac and cheese that everybody always order, I'm and I have some it. sweet potato cornbread. I'm not sure if y'all have I'll, had that before. Oh my goodness, mm. no, I have not. And I also got some lamb chops. That's another one of my staples that everybody always order. My um, lamb chops with a little balsamic reduction on them. So. Now, how did you become a lamb chop expert? Uh, you don't have any Greek in your background, do you? I, I don't, but it was through trial and error. Okay. So I um I found the good way to cook lamb chops. You know, most people, like when they sear steak, they kind of like put the butter and stuff in it. I kind of do it in the reverse. I let the pan get like smoking hot because I use the cast iron, which is my favorite to cook in. I let it get smoking hot, let it sear on both sides, and then I add what if I want to put some butter or rosemary or garlic or something in the skillet. Wow. So well, Malcolm, let me it. tell you that if you forget this, you can go to YouTube because yep. Chef Poe 
cooks those lamb chops on YouTube. Just just go to YouTube and put in Chef Poe, yeah, and yeah. it'll pop right up. I I guess it will. I followed a link okay. uh, to it, but it's just serendipitous to me that I watch that. And wow! Here we have and here, lamb chops, and here they are here. in a bag. Within reach. It's magic. <laughs> now, Chef, where are tell our listeners where they can find you on social media or if you have a site or, or, or where? Well, I'm on uh, Instagram at Chef Poe Urban Kitchen. I'm on Facebook, uh, Chef Poe Urban Kitchen. I also have a YouTube channel, Chef Poe. I have a little show on there called Take Life with a Grain of Salt. So I have two episodes of that on there where I'm talking to uh, Melanie Sanders on one and Latrice Rogers on uh, the second episode. So if you want to tune in and put those views through the roof and give me some of them YouTube chicks. <laughs> now, do you have an urban kitchen or is that just the name? That you that's, just, uh, that's just the name of it because I always want to mix culture with food. And I, growing up here in Jackson, I feel like Jackson has one of the best cultures in America. Uh, I love living here. I love Mississippi. So that's why I named it Urban Kitchen kind of culture mixed with uh, food. I really like the fact I saw the pork chop one and you had Latrice mm-hmm. on, on there and you like to promote you talked about promoting other black businesses and black women so you were you know, combining you know, your passion for that with your cooking and I like that. Yes, I was because uh, I was actually on uh, two episodes of, of the reality show that was filmed here, uh, Bell Collective. So I was actually Latrice, uh, private chef for two of the uh, shows on there. And that was a fun experience, something I hadn't uh, experienced before. But that was pretty fun, you know, with the lighting and the cameras there. And I had to be mic'd up and all that kind of stuff. So that was a fun experience. <laughs> <laughs> and where was where was that film? It actually was filmed at her house, at oh, her okay. home. We actually filmed it at her home. Now, you were telling me before we went on the air that not only do you have this uh, food business, but that you do private tutoring, and you work with kids, um, and you told me a story, a little bit of a story. It is Black History Month, and you were telling me uh, about working with the kids on history and their story and a lot of what you don't think they pick up in school. Yes, uh, I work at a nonprofit called SR1. It's located in uh, Ridgeland, Mississippi. We service kids from uh, K to 12. Um, so we kind of get them college ready. We mm-hmm. want them to, their ultimate goal is to get to college. So, But the age group that I work with is K to second. And we did a little, we did civil rights last week. We're doing cultural arts this week. But I kind of introduce them to things that they might not necessarily know at school because uh, next this week we're talking about Gundy. I don't even know if they talk about Gundy yeah. at school. And then financial literacy is one week where we teach them how to manage money. I mean, to write a check. When you pull out a check, they're like, oh, my goodness, what is this? Because <laughs> that's like ancient history to them because everything is so digital now. Right. But that is a fun uh, experience, and I really enjoy uh, working with the, uh, the young people. What Do you do any cooking with them? Well, I actually have something coming up um, that I am going to do a class. We're going to do a little healthy class because culinary is good, but it's also a science behind it. So, you know, because we're a STEM-based uh, nonprofit, so I'm going to give them the cooking aspect and also the science behind it. Like, you know, why does these flavors work together? Why does you need a certain heat for this? And why do you need to be safer for uh, this type of food? So it's kind of like a whole educational lesson on with culinary. And and you also have a farm, right? You told me in Forest, Mississippi? Yes, it's, we have a mini farm uh, in Forest, Mississippi, that we're growing some fresh uh, vegetables. So I 
been turning some of that stuff that we've been growing into recipes. I actually made some turnips that was delicious. Um, Scarlet Queen red turnips. I'm not sure if y'all heard of those before. Sounds mm. delicious. Tell us those. more. <laughs> but I actually just roasted them like you would a potato. Uh. Um with some uh, spices and uh, put some avocado oil on them and roasted them in the uh, pan with a little uh, Italian dressing, and hmm. they came out beautiful. Hey, if you don't mind, tell us how you cook the collard greens. They're in the bag over there that we're all uh, sitting here smelling the wonderfulness of. Yes, at first, I because I got turkey. I got turkey wings in them, so I cook my turkey wings with uh, onions and some uh, red and green and yellow bell peppers and then let that cook for a minute. And then, after they cook for about 20 minutes, then I put my fresh collard greens in my um Got some good collard greens over there at Whole Foods, some organic collard greens, and put those in there. Do you leave the, the turkey wings in there? Yes. Or do you cook them and pull them out? I leave them in there. So they're in... Yes. With the, so, so you can. So you're making up. a turkey stock. Yeah. And to cook your greens. Because most in. of the time I cook collard greens, I do turkey meat. But mustard or turnips, I'm going to do. not going to wait another minute do, uh, to get into that. Pork. <laughs> but those actually have turkey and pork in them. So you have the best of both worlds, I, I say, because I feel like bacon makes. Bacon tastes good. <laughs> well, the bag has been breached, Carol. I know. Uh, Java is There's handing out. There's very little that brings uh, Java plates away, of food. away from the console. Uh, so but he, a, it's he a beautiful thing. It. Let's see here what we got here. And you also have a pineapple pico de gallo on top of that. All uh, those lamb chops, and that's the sweet mm. potato cornbread. And I don't oh, want to break, oh, but I think, my, I think my plate is a little heavier than you guys. So. Well, imagine that. <laughs> Those greens are awesome. This sweet potato cornbread is divine. This is great. Hey, we, we're going to take a break because we're going to eat. And uh, when we come I'm back, no, wait, we have a caller. Should we take the caller, Java, before we yeah, go? Yeah, let's, let's talk with Lisa. Hey, Lisa from Jackson, Mississippi. You're on the air. Hello. How are you all doing this morning? Beautiful. Doing well. Yes, how thank you so much um, for the information you provided this morning, especially your work with students. What would you say to a young aspiring chef? Uh, is there any advice that you would give to someone who is young and aspiring to be a chef one day? Yes, I would tell them to keep on uh, going and work with your craft. And uh, if you can, culinary school is great to go and start doing it. And it's never too early to start learning. So even if it's somebody that's as young as five or six years old, they can start going in the kitchen and doing something. So keep going because cooking can take you places that you never thought you could go. And, you know, we have a great culinary school here at Heinz. So, I mean, that's really within reach for a lot of people. And, Malcolm, don't you do scholarships yeah, there, don't you? We have a scholarship at Heinz. And, you know, there's also Holmes now has a culinary program in Ridgeland yes. uh, at their campus. So I'm going to... I'm sorry, I'm, I'm eating greens here. I'm eating mac and cheese. I'm going to uh, set up a second scholarship at Holmes in the future. So and, we'll be pulling. And this honors your brother, Hal. Right, and my dad. And we actually, uh, with SR1, we can, we partner with Holmes in our uh, region because we, uh, use two of, we use their campus for two of our sites for our upper elementary and uh, middle schoolers. So we already affiliated with Holmes, so that'll be great. What kind of cheese is in the mac and cheese, Chef? Uh, I have. Uh, Kobe, uh, aged cheddar, and I also have a smoked goat in it. Oh, my Ooh. goodness. I, I'm getting that smoky flavor. That's delicious. That's really good. Java, you're the you're the uh, pimento cheese of 50. And I can't, he can't talk. Mac He's, and cheese. I mean, yeah, mac and cheese. 
This is hardly fair to our listeners. Well, Java, here he comes. He's coming up for air. He has things to say. Stamp of approval. (laughs) (laughs) This is really good. We're going to take a break. We're going to eat. And uh, we'll be happy to visit with you when we come back. All you have to do is pick up your phone. It's toll-free. Dial 1-877-672-7464. And again, we'll always look at your emails. Send send an email to food at mpbonline.org. Chef Poe, Carol, Java, myself, we shall return shortly. We will be eating in your absence. Deep South Dining returns shortly. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. Welcome back to Deep South Dining. We're all <clears throat> full of uh, lamb chops and uh, mac and cheese. And uh, How about those collard grains? Those collard grains are righteous. <laughs> That'll get you going. Now, Chef, on the break, while we were eating the uh, this the sweet potato cornbread? Is that yes. One? You started talking about an okra cornbread that you make. Please share. Yes, that okra cornbread is out of sight. I use fresh okra in it. I put bacon in it. And I put a habanero uh, cheese in it, so it make it a little spicy, and mm. it is divine. It's uh, the cornbread is nice and moist. How do you make your cornbread moist? I kind of I don't know if my mom wanted me to tell this, uh oh, but she add an extra egg in it and some um, extra butter, melted butter in it. That what makes it fluffy. Oh, okay. And you know, buttermilk. I always use buttermilk for yep. cornbread. It's really good. It's like a cake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel the dead air. It's like a cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not, not dead air. We're chewing. <laughs> <laughs> so you're buddies with uh, Chef Enrica Williams, who we've had on the show uh, several times. Is that right? One yes. of our favorites. Yes. All yes. time yes, favorites. I love, uh, I love Chef. She, um, she is a great cook, and she's just a great person. Uh, we did, uh, she did an event at Footprint Farms. And I helped her. Uh, we put out, I want to say, six courses. So that was a fun. Uh, that was a fun night. But that was kind of like my first time. I say working in like a, I say a fast paced kitchen, a fast paced uh, kitchen uh, uh-huh. where you know you got to get these plates out and you might have to do fifty plates at one time for this for this uh, dish and then do another fifty for this course and do another fifty for this course. Chef Enrica has a lot of experience. I bet she could whip y'all around the kitchen yes. in those plates. Yes, I definitely learned a lot uh during that time and I when I got home I felt everything and when I got home my body felt like woo I worked in the kitchen. <laughs> well, as as everyone knows, Valentine's Day is uh, right around the corner. And uh, I wanted to ask um, Chef Poe if she has any sort of Valentine's special or any kind of advice for Valentine's Day meals. Yes, it's Valentine's Day. Ladies, guys, don't try to do it yourself. Especially if you don't know what you're doing, call Chef Poe. <laughs> That's one holiday that you don't want to mess up. 
<laughs> but I have three packages actually. Um, they can either do the where they can pick up the food and they want to set it up themselves at home and pretend like they cooked it. That's fine. Um, then I have another package where I come in and set it up and I, the food is already prepared and I just set it up. Or I can come in and cook everything there and set it up and you can have the whole total experience. And how would people get in touch with you, Chef? They can email me at uh, ChefPoeUrbanKitchen at gmail.com or they can call me at 601-540-0518 and I'll be glad to schedule them an appointment. Very good. Okay, we've got a caller from Meridian, the Queen City on the phone. Andre, what's going on, my man? Hey, how's it going? Doing well. Uh I was calling because I heard, uh, first of all, your request about how to thicken potato soup. I have a two things to that. Okay. One is, actually, you can add um, mashed potatoes to your potato soup to thicken it. That's correct. And it actually works wonderfully. The other one is you can do a quick brew, um, like you get a little hot and throw some flour in there, and if you add the hot water to the soup, it thickens it immediately. Mm. Okay, that that's really great because you know I, I've read and and also experienced that potato soup is just can be just totally watery yeah, you unless you that. yeah unless you do something so well you know <clears throat> Andre talking about mashing some of the potatoes this is a great idea when you're cooking uh, your potato soup you take a, a few of the potatoes out of the soup. And mash them all up into a sort of cream and put them back in. I do that with red beans. When my, when my red beans are almost done, I pull out about a cup of a big pot of red beans. And I smash them all up and make them pulp. And then I put them back into the pot. And it seems to do what I call cream the potatoes. I mean cream the, the beans. Yeah, so Andre, th- thanks for that tip. So you and Malcolm are talking about the the same thing, taking some b- potatoes out and mashing them up and putting them back in, correct? Yeah, yes, yes. And I also have one third thing I want to say about the Valentine's dessert. There's a really wonderful dessert. It's called the Persian Love Cake. Uh, it's actually just like almond flour and um, some honey, eggs, and um, rose water. And it's wonderful. Persian Love Cake. Using yes, rose water. Mm. Rose water with almond, almond flour and pistachios ground up in it. That yeah. sounds very Persian. Is there any way? Do you have this recipe? Could you send it to us? I could, yes. Man, if you wouldn't mind, uh, shoot it to us in email form just to food at mpbonline.org. Okay, well, I'm also seeing online that there is a story behind the Persian love cake. So, but of course, there maybe is. there's that's something that on Valentine's Day you and Java can share. Oh, perhaps. Oh, speaking of that, you'll be off next week. I'll be off. You're taking you're taking Monday off I Valentine's am, I Day. I am, and not to get married though. Okay, no. <laughs> not to get married, but um, that's later. Later. Our good friend Joe Sherman is going to be here and just the thought of three guys talking about valentine's day just thrills my soul yeah yeah i'm looking forward to it three married guys we i know, know, I know, I know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see we'll see if you do or, or and, not. and i have a feeling we'll touch a little bit on lebanese food with with joe sure i think we might. What, what do you think we, I, I, it's a good chance he's uh <laughs> okay persian love cake there's a story behind the name there was a persian woman madly in love with the prince and 
in the first ending, the prince returns her love and they live happily ever after, after she bakes him this cake, mm. which is filled with magical love power. Wow. In the like second, rose water. Yeah. Uh, in the second, he doesn't come around and she consoles herself by eating the entire cake. Mm. That would be me. Oh, yeah. right. So uh, anyway, Persian love cake. Andre, thank you. Have you ever heard of such a thing, Chef? I have not, but that sounds very interesting. Yep. You might add it I to the I might need repertoire. to add that to the menu if it got some magical love powers in it. <laughs> well, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk about uh, foods that inspire um, uh, love and romance. Uh, one of them uh, is often referred to as oysters, and I call that the love potion number nine. And I have long seen this said, if you eat fish, you live longer. But if you eat oysters, you love longer. And so. that's why you had an oyster bar at Howland House. <laughs> <laughs> Am I correct? Yes, yes. But it's no longer operable. So, well, Pomegranates. Yeah, pomegranate that Aphrodite, the goddess, planted the first pomegranate tree. And the pomegranate is supposed to increase the flow of blood and testosterone levels. Mm. So now it's we're, we're, we sound like we're on a health show, Southern Remedy. And we, we what about chili peppers? Now, chili peppers, that to me is kind of a weird love potion, but hmm. they're supposed to, to contain like super endorphins to boost your energy. Okay. So if you combine that with the oysters... You can, You're going to be ready to go. But for me, it's chocolate. It's about chocolate. Chocolate's huge, and particularly chocolate-covered strawberries. That's, yeah, that's, that's huge. That's a Valentine's staple. But I don't know what I'm going to do for Valentine's, but it will have a chocolate product mm-hmm. in it. You have to have chocolate, right, I mean, anything you dip in chocolate is great, right? It is great. It, it is great. I might do a mousse or a little bitty chocolate cake, but it, I will have a chocolate mm-hmm. something. All right. That's good. What about honey? Did you know that honey, uh, the word honeymoon comes from mead, an alcoholic beverage made from honey that was traditionally given to the new bride and groom? I did not Carol? know that until Java unearthed it, this tidbit. Un- yes, he did. Uh, that I, I don't think they're talking about the kind of washdown mead we get. It must have been some powerful stuff. All right, we've got a caller from Ridgeland, Mississippi. Ardell is on the phone. Hello, Ardell. Hello there. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. So. Uh-oh. Call us back. I think Ardell accidentally hung up on us. Hopefully she'll call right back. Is that one of your friends, Chef? I don't know. <laughs> Could be. <clears throat> well, anyway, <clears throat> if you want to call us, we'd love to hear from you. one 672 7464 If you want to talk about Valentine's Day, you want to talk about thickening your potato soup. Or, uh, Malcolm, that Java gave us this info that the word honeymoon yeah. comes from honey and mead. Who knew that? Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, this is in your future. Yeah. He's on the way. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. The honey. Yeah. 
Yeah, there you go. Learn something new every Monday. Now, did you see the little piece about the about the Valentine's candy? Because I, I don't know how I feel about that with Mississippi. I mean, what uh, was it? Chocolate shaped hearts or um, the what, what? What was the top? The top three the candies. The top three candies. Top, yeah. yeah, you've got your heart shaped box of chocolates. I mean, that's. That's, yeah. yeah, that's kind of usual. Yeah. It is the worst candy in it. <laughs> the, the box tastes better yeah, than the candy. Is. And I don't know what conversation hearts are. Oh, the little, the little, um, oh, 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 the, the, the little things um, you did in grade school. You yeah, passed this, out I love school. those. Oh, I love say, those. I love, Be yeah, mine. The, the yeah. printing is not real good <laughs> on them anymore. <laughs> and then the chocolate roses. Do you eat the rose? I don't even know what the, this, where do you get this stuff. I don't know. Yeah, they, they, I, don't, I don't know who they're polling because <laughs> I never heard of a chocolate roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Ardell is back from Ridgeland. Ardell, how are you? Sorry we lost you there. Well, I'm having a, having a quantity of errors here, so let me try the third time. Okay. I really would like to hear more about that okra cornbread mentioned earlier. You and me both. Chef Poe? Talk it to us. Yeah, though. You pretty much make it like you would regular cornbread with uh, cornmeal, but I add flour to it, uh, a little baking powder, and I add bacon in it. You can cook the bacon, or you they do have bacon in their store that's like pre-cooked, but you know, cooking the bacon and let it cool down mm-hmm. and put it in there, and you get some fresh okra, cut it up, and you don't cook the okra or anything. You put it in everything with the cornbread, with the bacon and the cheese, and everything is going to cook and combine in the inside. You just chop the okra all up? Yes. Put it in with your cornbread mix. But you're talking whole okra. Well, you cut it into pieces. Like fried okra. Like little fried okra pieces. Like little fried okra pieces. Hmm. Okay. You know, and the cornbread you gave us this morning was in little tiny mini cups. Does the okra cornbread work like that too? Yeah, I can. Uh, I mean, you can put cornbread in muffin form. You can bake it in the pan or or uh, whatever. But I do add a, I add that egg, extra egg, and uh, the buttermilk to make it. You know, bind all together. And you know, you can also. I've learned that by listening to Deep South Dining. You can make cornbread in a waffle iron. Yes, because I have made cornbread waffles. Of course, you have. <laughs> all right, another no. caller. Thank you so much, Ardell, uh, for bringing up the okra cornbread that Chef Poe enlightened us with. We're going back to the Queen City, to Meridian, and this time we have Dorothy on the phone. Hello, Dorothy. Good morning. I'm enjoying your show. I love to listen to people who know what they're doing with food. I have a question, two questions. How do you spell Chef Poe's last name? Because I want to go on YouTube, and I don't, is it P-O-E? Just P-O. It's just P-O. P-O, Okay. The other question is, I love cornbread, and I've never made sweet potato cornbread. Where can I get your recipe? Well, I can. Uh, you can uh, email me, and I can give it to you. Uh, I can email it to you. But, I mean, you pretty much do it like you would regular cornbread. It's just that you ha- I bake the sweet potatoes instead of, like, you know, cooking them on the stove. I uh, just bake them whole, and then when they cool, I mash them up and add them to the, uh, the other ingredients. To your basic what? cornbread ingredients. Yes. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to share your recipe and let us post it? Yes. Java? Is it just one big sweet potato is enough for a skillet? Well, I do about three sweet potatoes. Okay. That's what I needed to know. <laughs> yes, ma'am. And make sure you add some honey to it. That oh, makes it really okay. good, too, to mix in with that butter. The secret oh, ingredient. Wonderful. <laughs> 
right. Well, uh, I appreciate it so much. I'll have, have a good day. Okay. Thank you, Dorothy. Thanks for listening, and also thanks for calling. We appreciate it when people who listen to our program give us a call and ask us a question. And we will get the sweet potato cornbread recipe up on a site, right? Yeah, we will get that because with that extra little honey tip, that's something that you don't want to forget. Correct. (laughs) No. And I actually, in those greens, you know, some people put sugar in greens like a like a, a tablespoon or something. Instead of me doing the raw sugar, I actually did a little honey in them to, uh, to offset that uh, bitter taste because, you know, collard greens are kind of bitter. Mm-hmm. Do you ever cook mixed greens, turnips, and mustards and collards yes, together? Yes, I mm-hmm. do. But I always do turnips and mustard together. I don't really add the collard greens. I always, they good by themselves. I think they are good by mm-hmm. themselves. Okay. Okay. I know you do a lot of vegetarian food. Do you have a lot of clients that are vegetarian? Well, some of my meal prep clients are vegetarian and plant-based, so I've been dabbling them in uh, some more vegan uh, options for my clients. And like yesterday, I actually made a whole vegan uh, brunch. I did uh, the vegan French toast. I did uh, plant-based sausage. I did corn grits. I'm not sure if y'all ever heard of corn grits. I thought all grits was corn. <laughs> no, corn, grit rice. Rice grits. <laughs> oh, yeah. rice grits. Rice grits. <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry. Rice one, grits. one of our good uh, friends on our Cooking and Coping Facebook site has a rice farm and does rice grits. Mike Wagner yeah. up in Sumner. Have you tried them? I haven't. Yeah, they're Those great. are the... Um, the Delta, Delta yeah. Blues ones. Yeah, the Blues. Those are the yeah. ones I used. Yeah, his, I love his are actually his two brooks. His are two brooks, mm-hmm. but the Delta grits are good. Oh, that's a different. There's two, yeah, two companies. Two purveyors. Okay. Yeah, but I used the Delta ones. Those are the uh-huh. ones I used uh, yesterday. All right, we've got a caller from Mobile, Alabama, a place that I grew up loving a lot. Had family there. Mikey is on the phone from Mobile. Hello, Mikey. Oh, good morning. I'm loving this show. Uh, loving it as in Valentine's Day. You uh, guys, um, uh, this chef is particularly after my heart, literally. Um, I, I want to give a quick um, suggestion. Uh, because Inspired by her, um, and I will be trying the sweet potato cornbread thing, but um, since it is Valentine's Day and related to the heart and we're all things red, and then that last comment that y'all made gave me another idea, um, uh, using white grits and making cornbread with beets, beets. as an ingredient. Because and they're red. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and especially using the ju- I mean, you could buy a can of beets very inexpensively. It could be real pretty. <laughs> you know, I thought you were going to say pomegranates because of an earlier comment about too. the, uh, but no, beets. Beets, pomegranates. Yeah, I have pomegranate molasses in my in my kitchen right now. Wow. Mm. There's yeah, no yeah. telling what you're gonna hear on Deep South Dining. No. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Especially from Mobile, right? <laughs> well Mikey, we yeah, always you. always appreciate hearing from you and thank you so much for listening to our program and taking the time to give us a shout. So, uh, Chef, what's your next big adventure? What's going on in your world, in um, Chef Poe world? I'm actually uh, in the process of crowdfunding because I want to get a food truck. Oh, okay. I want to be able to take uh, Chef Poe Urban Kitchen uh, mobily. So I want to be able to set up at festivals and 
Come outside of your wedding and uh-huh. and cook that uh, sweet potato cornbread. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> so is it GoFundMe? Yes, uh, I'm gonna be doing a GoFundMe uh, campaign uh, to get this food truck. Have you already drinking. started it, or is that just something you're going it's, to do? Uh, it's in the process. I hadn't like posted. So yet. if we went today, we wouldn't. It wouldn't be up yet. It wouldn't be. Up That's yet. a future project. Yes, mm-hmm. it's a future project. So stay on the lookout on my social media outlets, and that'll be up. But that's something because I don't want to just feed the Mississippi Urban Kitchen. I want to feed the world Shelf Park Urban Kitchen. So we need something mobile. Let's invite her back. Because we like it when she feeds us. Chef Poe from Chef Poe's Urban Kitchen. And that's P.O. Poe if you want to go online and search. Thank you so much for being with us. Good luck, and I we'll have you I appreciate you guys for having me on. I had lots and lots of fun. Good. You were special. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. Our show is engineered by, it says Kevin Farrell here. This is last week's show. Java Chapman is our, not an engineer, he's a producer, and he's an online uh, co-host Along with Carol Puckett and myself, we want to thank Chef Poe for being with us. Stay tuned now for Marshall Ramsey's show, Now You're Talking, followed by Southern Remini at 11. Join us every Monday for Deep South Dining.